Welcome to the Live My Dream podcast, hosted by me, Brendan Abernathy, singer, songwriter, and performing artist, traveling around the United States, living my dream, which I would love for you to follow along with on beabernathy.com. That's babernathy.com. On this podcast, I interview cool people doing cool things about their decision to step boldly into fear and make their dream a reality today. Hi, welcome to the Live My Dream podcast. This is your host, Brendan Abernathy, singer, songwriter, and performing artist from Athens, Georgia, coming at you live from Norcross, Georgia, in the basement of a very important man, Matt Zimmerman. And today we are interviewing Matt and my good buddy, John Adent. We just shared a wonderful lunch, I would say, guys, at uh, Moe's, which is fitting. Um, they both had burritos. I had the wrong Doug, which is, you know, it's the only place you can get the wrong Doug. So you have to get the wrong Doug, in my opinion. It's fitting because John is wearing a burrito challenge shirt. And these two guys lead something called the Burrito Challenge, which you will probably notice is a sponsor of the Live My Dream podcast. Absolutely. And so to get us started, guys, would love for each of you before we really jump into the meat and bones, to describe each other in three words. This feels like a newlywed game. So this is Matt speaking. Hello, my name is Matt Zimmerman. And I'm John Aiden. Um, And I guess I can go first to describe Z. Um, Well, first of all, Z Z for Matt Zimmerman. Um, I would say energetic, adventurous, and daring. Would be my three words to describe. You made me sound way cooler than I actually am. Thank you. Hey, just beefing you up over I, I, here. Thank you. I was going to tear you down, but now I got to beef you up. I would say John is definitely one of the most genuine guys that I know. Genuine. I would say loving. And I would also say adventurous, which sounds cliche, but this dude, I tell you what, has done some shenanigans. Love it. So using adventure, this past year, each of these guys has done something absolutely fascinating. Um, they came out of college, both very impressive guys, and they chose to do something quite unorthodox. Um, so would love for you guys to tell us about what you did. Uh, Matt, why don't you start us off since we're in your basement? Uh, welcome, everybody, to my basement. Um, <laughs> uh, so I actually live out in Salt Lake City, Utah, even though I'm home for right now. Um, I graduated from Barry College about a year ago, last summer uh, of 2018. Uh, and I moved out to Salt Lake City, Utah to be a wilderness therapy guide, uh, which was unorthodox for sure. No one really knows what it is, but basically it's a therapeutic process where high school aged guys come in, guys and girls, and they go through a step-by-step process with us for eight to 12 weeks. And we teach them how to interact with each other and how to survive out in the wilderness and take care of themselves and look after each other. And spend time with people and then they meet with a therapist every week um and yeah it's basically a form of therapy that's gaining popularity now and uh yeah it's really interesting to see very rewarding work to do but very very challenging in a lot of different ways john in i guess in the same time frame in uh the spring of 2018 i graduated from uga university of georgia with a biochemistry degree and decided to be a server at texas roadhouse for the last i guess Coming up on 13 or 14 months now. Um, so I would say like a lot of people looked at that and said, why in the world would you do that? Um, you have this, like, really, this very prestigious degree that could get you a really good job. And I decided I wanted to do something else for a little while before I kind of stepped into what 
eventually down the line would be a career of being a doctor. I want to try something else for a little while. My dad was a server when he was in, um, when he like worked through college, he was a server. And so I said, just kind of pushed me my whole life to be a server. It was actually really funny. I applied on a Friday, got an email back on a Saturday morning and interviewed on Monday and started working on Tuesday. So it just kind of all fell into place. And I think that just the idea of being a server, I think you get a really big perspective on a side of life that I've never seen before. The service industry is just something that I didn't grow up being a part of. I just grew up going out to eat and never really had any idea what the kind of work that it took to serve people, even to make food in the back of the kitchen. So just another side of life to be able to learn about. Um, and I think that it's, the goal was to be able to appreciate other things that, I guess, other jobs that I'd never really thought about in my life. Service, I feel like, is something that's tying both of those paths together. Yeah, absolutely. You said there, there's been a lot of challenges within wilderness therapy. Um, I'm sure there's been challenges as a server as well. Could you guys speak a little bit about what serving looks like in each one of your industries? And also maybe the biggest challenge that you've faced and what you've learned from that challenge. Oh, man. My job, uh, I did it for a lot of different reasons, and I can get into that a little bit later. But uh, I really took it out of college uh, because I wanted my first job out of college to really kick my ass. Can I say kick my ass? Absolutely. I, I wanted to kick, kick my ass. Kick, kick, kick the ass. And it absolutely did, my gosh. It was for sure the hardest job that I have ever worked or will ever work. Um it was challenging in every regard of the word. It was physically demanding. It had me sleeping out in sub-zero degree weather some nights. It had me out in su- uh, whatever the opposite of sub is, above 100 degree weather during the summer. <laughs> um, it had me emotionally challenged where I had students coming at me like verbally like abusing me, saying everything they could to get underneath my skin. Again, physically, sometimes students coming after me, feeling trapped in a corner trying to come out at me. Uh, spiritually for me, it was really tough being out there and having my like morals and beliefs questioned and tarnished and everything. Um, and it was, it would, I would work for eight days straight and it would just be thing after thing, after thing, after thing, back and back to back to back every day. Um, absolutely kicking my ass in every way. Uh, lack of sleep, lack of food. Um, but I tell you what, it really, really was so worth it in so many different ways. And I can't really explain why. Uh, I mean, I could try, but it was like every single day sucked in so many ways. Uh, And then at the end of the day, I would more often than not go to sleep with a smile on my face because I knew that even though these kids were like, they would be crying or they would be coming at me physically like, you know, aggressive or verbally aggressive. I knew that they were like backed in a corner and that was just a way for them to like try to fight their way out of it. And through doing that and those different things, I was seeing positive therapy be done, albeit over a long amount of time, eight to 12 weeks or whatever, but I would see change in their lives. And it was so rewarding for me to see and be a part of that and have these super sick conversations on these long hikes or bikes or whatever we were doing and just like dive deep into like the root of the issue in their lives, breaking them down in that moment to then build them up after out of it, which was just so beautiful to see. So yes, the service was cool. The challenge... It was for sure the hardest thing that I've ever done or will ever do. But all in all, it was definitely worth it to me. So one of the things that I thought was very interesting about the whole service industry and something that I really never expected was 
when you go up to a table to go greet someone when they first walk into the restaurant, you can almost tell if someone expects service or if someone would be appreciative for service. And that was a really big challenge and really big adjustment. And I think that that was something that I kind of realized was a flaw in myself is that when I went to somewhere, if I go to a restaurant or say if I go to a department store or anything in that whole realm, I expect to be taken care of rather than being super appreciative if I am taken care of. And that was just a big challenge for me because it was very, it was really difficult in, to not lash out when someone would come back at you or like, I guess under the realm of like expecting service, people would lash out at you and you, it would be hard to not lash out back at them because you walk to the back of the kitchen and every single other server is cussing out their tables who are mean to them. And to try to be different in that environment and not lash out at your table was honestly really, really difficult. And I think that was a really big challenge that I faced was to be able to, I guess, treat every table the same with like love and care, no matter the way they were treating me back. It's just really hard, harder than I ever thought it would be. Man, are you struggling from not having the ideal summer that you were hoping to have? Or maybe you're just hoping to make some new friends in a fun way. Well, the burrito challenge is perfect for you. This episode of the Live My Dream podcast is made possible by the burrito challenge. Now, what is the burrito challenge? Well, the burrito challenge is the best day of the year. Now, I have a lot of awesome days in my year. I'm thankful for that. But the burrito challenge takes the cake by being on top. Or moreover, it takes the burrito, I guess. Because what the burrito challenge is, is an all-day fun fest, including eating five burritos, three fun activity stops, and a day packed full of exciting surprises, one of which is a concert by me. Woohoo! And just by participating in it, you're helping raise money for St. Jude's, a recovery center based in Atlanta. And this year, it is only $50 to cover everything for the day. That is including five burritos, three amazing activities, an incredible day of surprises, a concert, and raising money for the fine people of St. Jude's. But if you use the promo code DREAM, that's right, DREAM, you get $5 off your registration. That's 10% off. That's amazing. So go check out the Burrito Challenge on Instagram at Burrito Challenge and go to their website at theburritochallenge.com and sign up for this awesome day. I personally will be there on Saturday, August 3rd. I would not miss it. It is truly such a fun day. I'll be playing tunes, eating burritos right alongside you and enjoying these awesome activities for the best day of the year at the Burrito Challenge. All right, so talking decisiveness how did you both make the decision to do these crazy paths and how was that received from people around you i remember one story about you john is that at biochemistry graduation john graduated with like a 399 summa oh, cum that's laude. definitely an exaggeration Nerd. Summa cum Nerd. Laude at uga as a uh, <laughs> biochem cool. major and every biochem major at UGA stands up and uh, they say, I'm going to Johns Hopkins for MD-PhD. I'm going to Augusta <laughs> for med school. Those are all really great things. I mean, amazing people doing that. And John stands up and says, I'll be working at Texas Roadhouse on Atlanta Highway. Oh Come see gosh. me. I think that's just the greatest story ever. I, I love it. I think that was, I was, I, that was one of my favorite moments at UGA, I think. But I definitely think that was in just a bit of frustration that all these people are like, 
so proud of this like oh i'm doing this and this and this and this and i gotta stand up and be like i'm gonna go be a server and it's gonna be amazing i'm taking and my I'm talents super, to Atlanta exactly <laughs> seriously like i was just super super excited about that um so i would say there's very few people that i would say the majority of the room turned around and gave me like a glare and that's kind of when i knew that i had made the right decision what do you mean by that those other things which are all amazing i totally agree but man i just don't know if every single person in that room was mentally ready to go do this job at this pharmaceutical manufacturing company or go straight to med school but they were doing that because that's what the flow of the world tells them they need to do Mm. if they want to be successful is you have to go straight into med school or you have to go straight and work for this company and when i said something out of the ordinary i think that bothered them i think there was like there was a hint of jealousy from the people in that auditorium that they were like, man, I wish that I had the guts to do something like that or to even stand up and say that because I could have easily stand up, sit up and said, well, my name's John Aiden and I'm taking some time off and then I'm going to go to medical school. Mm. But to be able to stand up and say confidently what I was doing, I think that kind of made people, some people jealous because they would like to do something like that. And you understand the makeup of the sweet potato at, Texas Roadhouse better than any server in the country. Oh, absolutely I do. <laughs> yeah, there's two ways you can get your sweet potato done. You can get it with the butter, cinnamon, brown sugar, or the sweet load. That's 99 cents. That comes with toasted marshmallows and a caramel sauce. And the legendary food, legendary skirts. Legendary service. Legendary food, <laughs> legendary service. You should Roadhouse. see this guy line dance, too. Every hour on the yeah, hour. Yeah, he made me sit on a saddle for my birthday. I did day. do that. Oh. <laughs> And introduced him as his new friend, Brendan. Oh my gosh. I did do that. Matt, decision making, what was it like? Yeah, so uh, I decided to move out to Salt Lake. My, uh, my first job out of college, like I said before, I wanted to really kick my ass. Um, and I wanted to also combine a lot of different things that I was passionate about. Because uh, I wanted to enjoy the ass kicking. Um, so I spent a lot of time thinking alone uh, what I really enjoyed doing. What, what made my clock tick, you know, what got me going. Sure. What tickled my fancy? Um, and I was thinking how much I enjoyed spending time with high schoolers. Uh, I think I connected with them really well. Um, I liked being with people in their lowest place and just being there with them. Being a shoulder to cry on, being someone to talk to, someone to laugh with, someone mm. to ease it, whatever that is. I love being outside. Uh, I think there's enough time in my life later to be inside. I want to be outside as much as possible. Um, and then I like doing things fun things outside, like mountain biking, skiing, hiking, rock climbing, rappelling, different things like that. And so my friend Chandler put a thing on Facebook about this job. He said, I can't believe I'm actually getting paid to do all this. And like said, like, I get to be outside with these students and do all these rad things. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. So I called him and we talked about it for a long time. And then I just went to Utah. Um, I didn't really know anyone out there other than Chandler and I only knew him from a summer job one summer I didn't even know him that well Um, But I really just kind of took a jump and I didn't know what it was gonna be about but yeah, I just kind of went for it I think the jump sounds romantically amazing (laughs) and the idea of I'm just gonna serve sounds romantically Mm -hmm. amazing What does that actually look like internally? making that decision? What were the influences? What pushed you over the ledge? What actually made you jump in and serve in Utah and on Atlanta Highway? Yeah. 
Yeah, a big part for me is I just hate the phrase like one day, one day I'm going to do this or like I wish I had done something. Um, and so I was <laughs> thinking to myself like, like I was in my senior year of college and I knew about this job and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, my life would be so sick if I could do this. It's eight days on, six days off. I could go really enjoy work and then do whatever the heck I want for six days straight. And I was like, this sounds so cool. I wish I could do that. Or maybe one day I'll do that. And then I remember sitting down and thinking to myself like, dude, why can I not do that? What do I have going on next year that I couldn't do that? And so then I started thinking of different things like, well, what would I do for money? What if I don't get the job? I don't even know anyone in Utah. Where would I live? You know, all these different things. I've never lived in a cold environment. I've never lived anywhere but in Georgia. All these different things started creeping in. But I said to myself, F it, I'm gonna just move to Utah for a year, see who I can meet, see what it's about, and see what changes in my life. And so I just kind of made that jump. I put everything in my car that I needed. Well, I sold my car, got a different car, moved across the country with everything that I needed, made some friends, got a house, started working a new job, and just kind of made a life for myself over there. And for the first little bit, I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. I was kind of reeling, you know? What the heck is this life I'm doing now? Uh, and as time kind of went on, it's kind of started to fold into itself. And I, I, you know, a lot of different things started to fall into place and I started to learn more about myself uh, through that. It's a really interesting time. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. I think that Thanks, something, John. absolutely, man. <laughs> um, I think it's something that's funny and interesting is when I guess when we talk about this, it sounds like, I mean, you chased a dream and I did a dream of a different regard. And like, even though like yours may sound more like, wow, mm. and like crazier, but like, it still is a dream you're chasing. And so mm. like, no matter if like you go chase a small dream or a big dream, it's still a dream and it may not look the same as somebody else, but it still is like chasing your dream, which I think is super cool. I guess like, what did the leap look like for me personally? Um, I would say like, what pushed me over the edge was, I. it sounds so dumb, but like, just haters, man. People who were like, <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> dumb, but it really is just like, people were like, people looked down upon what I was doing and people said that I wouldn't do it. It was just kind of against the grain. And so like, I guess the kind of like, like little rebel in me was like, man, something's against the grain and someone's challenging me and telling me I can't do it. That fires me up and literally it like throws gas on the fire of like, yes, if you're telling me I can't do it, it makes me want to go do it. Shake it off. That's that's oh, exactly me. I think of Taylor Swift, man, which is uh, which is side note, my favorite artist of all time. And I hope, as you know, my favorite artist of all time. Uh-huh. Probably my top five. All too well, <laughs> the greatest song of all time. But actually, on a real note, "Shake It Off" really is that, yeah. which is kind of crazy. And just like, okay, whatever you're gonna say, it doesn't really. It's, I can't. I can't let that affect me. I know who I am, and so I'm gonna try to walk out who I am and who I actually believe I am. And you can do that on a big, small scale. Dude, I totally feel that, though. Like, haters are saying, like, why are you doing that? That's Why Why would you just go to medical school or whatever? And that, like, like throws, like, kerosene on your fire. You're like, oh, yeah. no, even more so because you said that. I'm going to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally get that. I love it. It's man. perspective. I, I love um, also that you guys have a community of doing that. Mm. With that community. Is that a segue? You have started. <laughs> The Burrito Challenge. Yes, we have. That was a beautiful segment. And I would love for you guys to tell me and anybody else who's with us today about the Burrito Challenge, about the vision, about what the day is like, and about why 
they should do it. So we started the burrito challenge about five years ago, me and John with a good friend of ours named Spencer Papsiak, uh, with the fork, the boot, and the gap. That's our elder names. <laughs> yeah, baby, come on. Dude, come on with it, yes. And we, uh, there was a huge dispute in our high school, which is the best burrito restaurant in our area. So the three of us set out in one day, and we went to four restaurants with a grading criteria that we made and matching t-shirts, and we went and ate all four burritos I mean, we looked day. like, we looked absolutely professional on year one. Yeah, day one, we were way above our pay grade. So we went to all the different places. We spent the whole day eating burritos, feeling sick, wanting to basically die because of how much burritos we ate that day. And uh, over the years, we, um, honestly, like, at that moment, after the first time we did it, we were like, all right, that's the end of the end of it. Yeah. Like this is never, we're not going to, we're not going to do this again. Exactly. Yeah. And then as time went on, the next year came around and we're like, dude, this is about this time of year last year that we did the burrito challenge. Let's do it again. And so then we had people wanting to join us that year. And we said, no, 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 this is our thing. However, if you want, you can come watch the finale at most. So we had some people come and support us, right? Come and eat burritos with us. Watch us want to die after eating all these burritos. <laughs> Seriously. And it was amazing. And then we opened it up to the public the next year. Fast forward to today, or I guess about a year ago, the fifth annual burrito challenge, Cinco de Burrito. We had close to 70 people come join us. And now it's a whole day thing. John, you want to tell us about the actual day, start to finish? Yeah, start to finish. So obviously it started with just us eating burritos. And then it's transformed to we show up at the last year we showed up at the chipotle parking lot at about 8 30 in the morning for opening ceremonies we hand out matching t-shirts we stand on the back of a truck yell play hype music play cornhole and we're hyping everybody up from the day we run into our first restaurant we eat the burrito after that last year's act we did activity we do activities between each burrito and so the first activity we went and played ultimate frisbee we played beach volleyball we played spike ball at our high school and then we went to the next breeder restaurant, ate, ate at that restaurant. After that, we went to the river and we did mud wrestling and we did cliff jumping that year. Super, super fun. Just like bringing these people together, or whatever. We go to our next restaurant and actually, believe it or not, we had, what was it? Fox? CBS? But it was CBS 46. CBS yeah. 46. Uh, was live at the restaurant and recorded us like eating burritos and talking about it, which was unbelievable. <laughs> they came and interviewed us about what we were doing, what the burrito challenge is, and we were like way above our pay grade at that point. So, so cool. Um, and then the last activity we did, we went to a pool and played this game that we made up called Ping Pong Scramble. Ping Pong Scramble. PPS. We tried to dunk ping pong balls into a crate at the end of a pool. <laughs> One of the more fun games we've ever come up with, never been played before. We had for the 500 ping pong balls. Yeah. 500. Imagine that in a pool. A lot of ping pong balls. One stars. Uh, <laughs> is, if that, even. Is, that, is that a type of ping pong ball? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, 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 it's split up based on... You've clearly never played actual ping pong. Oh, obviously, obviously so true. You're also sitting next to a beautiful ping pong table. <laughs> this podcast sponsored by ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do ping pong scramble. And then we go to our last restaurant of the day, which is Willie's. Have like very intense closing ceremonies with our super cool speeches. At the end, of, we eat the last burrito. And then we have trophies we handed out last year the year before that we had like dog tag medals so basically it's just just like all-encompassing day we even had this thing called the ledger where you get to sign your name if you complete the challenge at the end of the day we currently sitting next to this ping pong table have the ledger stood up looking at us in the eyes with all of the names of the finishers from 2k18 etched into history for the end of time to exist you can find a picture of the ledger on my instagram oh, if cool. you're interested in seeing it Good stuff. Uh, it's really well made um, dude, that sounds like, 
literally the best day of the year. I oh, mean, I tell you it what actually it is. is. It really is. What I love most about it is that John and I really have found this different way of living where we just kind of go out and get it. Life, you can sit idly by and let life come to you, or you can go out and grab it by the haunches and bring it down. You know yeah, what I mean? On. I don't know what the heck a haunch is, but we grab life by the haunches mm. and rip it down to us. So we go out and we invite all of these people in. We want as many people in as possible because the more people, the more fun, the more energy, the more excitement, the yeah. more shirts that we have to go and buy. It's just so exciting for us to do. And we bring them all in and we do these super, super fun activities, right? Imagine 70 people out in this field with just a bunch of field games out there, right? Volleyball, ultimate frisbee, can jam, spike ball. We, you name it, we got it. We had a videographer with a daggum drone last year, yeah. right? He was I, almost video- hit, I almost hit the drone. Some people were trying to. <laughs> oh, you almost high-fived me. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what I love about it, though, is we bring in these people. No one knows each other, really. I mean, you might come with your two or three friends. But these are all different people that John and I know or that people that we know bring in their friends or their friends bring in their friends. It's, so far, it's just by word of mouth. And uh, it really is like these cool people. People are so, so cool. And they're bringing other cool people. And it's like my friend's friend's friend from Rome, Georgia is meeting John's friend's friend's friend from Athens who would have never, ever met before. They're now meeting at the Burrito Challenge. Your brother mm-hmm. is now like best friends and his fraternity brothers with a guy that I coached in high school, coached lacrosse yeah. for it. And they're like best friends now. They met at the Burrito Challenge. I take full credit for that friendship. <laughs> okay, whatever. Best day of the year. But what is the mission of the Burrito Challenge? And what's the vision? Where's it going from here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we kind of break down the Burrito Challenge mission into three parts. Um, obviously, we're eating burritos, so we're trying to find the best burrito restaurant. So that would be part of our mission. The second part of our mission is is what Z talks about and I talk about a ton is this super fun lifestyle we want to bring to high school and college age kids. I think that in our world, it's just so easy to go home and sit in front of a TV or sit in front of a video game console or sit in front of nothing and just do nothing all day. And I think that sometimes that leads to substance abuse and other things like that. And we want to go out and show people that, man, there is life to be lived out there Mm. and life can be so much fun without substance abuse. And we just want to give you, give people a little bit of a taste of what that's like so that they can go and bring that to their friends and bring that back home with them. I just think that this idea of there's so many things out there that once you get down this road of substance abuse, they'll try to help you. There's nobody out there on the prevention side and the teaching you the alternative ways to live that. And I think that the burrito challenge is like an excellent way to on that prevention side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think. What's kind of cool about our mission is we are not going out and saying like, don't do drugs, don't don't drink alcohol. That's not our mission. We're saying, live your life, do whatever you want, but come join us for this super fun day of just like really, really, really fun stuff. We've tried to make this day as fun as possible to fit as many people into it as possible so we can share what we love in this life the most with you guys, everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it has just manifested into this thing where it's just organic, Fun. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to say fun over and over and over, but I really think that that is, it's such an elementary word, but I think really just like actually means a lot when you really get down to it. Um, so that's like part two. So part one is the burritos. Part two is kind of us and the mission um, of like bringing this fun, I guess, idea to things. And then the third part of it is not only are we get providing fun for people, but we're, we're going to take the funds that we make from the burrito challenge and donate it to 
another partner who has a similar mission of us of, hey, we want to get people um, who get in trouble with substance abuse back on their feet. And so we're looking and trying to find people that we can give that money to to help support them to get, like we said, people who fall down that path back on their feet. Um, yeah. I guess kind of going forward, I don't know, can you just kind of speak on that one, Z, for me? Yeah, so we kind of take this thing one year at a time. So since year one, we've really been under-promising, over-performing, kind of fake it till you make it mentality yeah, where we're just going to pretend that we are this thing yeah. and then kind of work our way up to be that thing and then shoot for the moon even higher. So this year, the sixth annual burrito challenge is going to be the biggest one yet. We are going to have over 100 people this year. Our activities are going to be crazier than ever, uh, which I know sounds cliche, like, oh, it's going to be crazy. It really is going to be crazy, though. Um, and we are just so excited to bring all you people in. So what will it look like next year? I don't know. We'll see this next offseason. But this past offseason, we spent time and money to create uh, a registered nonprofit called the Burrito Challenge Corp. So now we can go out and get sponsorships from different uh, local businesses so we can raise money to donate more in the end to some nonprofit that shares our mission. And we can put money into the activities to make them crazier, make the day better, and lower the price of admission so we can get more people in, more energy, more excitement. Yeah. Uh, and just all in all, make a better, better day for everybody. So what will the future look like? I don't know. But this year is going to be sick. And we're going to be bringing in money to make the day better for you guys. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Do you dream of seeing the Burrito Challenge nationwide? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. And I think that to do that is like taking out, like, would be really sacrificing a lot to really step off that cliff to take the burrito challenge from just something that happens in Atlanta, but something happens all over the country. But man, do I want to do it? Absolutely. And do I think that we can do it? Absolutely. So on right now, we're going for it. Why not? And we're going to give it a shot. Yeah. So absolutely going we're, for the dream. You know what we're doing, Brendan? We're living our dream. You don't want to stand idly by and watch someone else live your dream. Dang right, dude. Come on, baby. Whoever wrote that. I think it's in a song. I don't know who did. I don't know who wrote that, but man, he's a good singer-songwriter. I want to talk about lifestyle within each of your decisions because it's really easy to talk about jumping off the ledge and doing something we've always dreamed of doing. What does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis in terms of finances, friends, comparison, challenges, lessons learned, anything like that? So talk about the lifestyle for wilderness therapy and talk about the lifestyle for serving at Texas Roadhouse. So my lifestyle is pretty unique because I'm really living two different lives right now. So with wilderness therapy, like I kind of said before, I will work eight days straight, 24 hour days with the students, spending the night with them, and then six days off. So I'm living this life where nothing else in the world matters except for the students that I'm with, the co-guide that I'm with, keeping them alive, taking them through different therapy Actually keeping them alive. Literally survival, (laughs) yeah. And then uh, when I'm off trail, spending time with my friends, catching up on what I missed out on uh, while I was gone. Going to see the Salt Lake City Grizzlies, you know, the minor league hockey team, whatever the heck's going on in Salt Lake City, going snowboarding, going mountain biking. Um, And then somewhere in the middle, finding time for myself as well. Um, But yeah, I I think uh, lifestyle is a big thing. I really am loving my life out in Salt Lake City. And I don't want to 
talk too highly about Salt Lake because then a bunch of people are going to move out there and make it less cool. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> make traffic ridiculous. worse. I don't just be really selfish with it. Um, we are in Atlanta, and traffic in Atlanta is nightmare. horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to get back to Salt Lake, honestly. Um, but yeah, so like in a two-week time period, I could be going to the southern Utah desert with eight students and a co-guide. I could be surviving with them, building shelters, cooking our own food, teaching them how to mountain bike, taking them through different like exercises therapeutically, having good conversations with them, and then coming back up to base camp, spending the night there, and then I get a week off. If it's wintertime, I then can go over to Snowbird Mountain Resort and go snowboard as much as I want. I live about 25 minutes away from there, so I'll go and do that. Uh, you talked about finances. Where do I spend my money? I don't. My rent is unbelievably cheap, and I uh, I might as well be sponsored by Great Value. Uh, <laughs> shout out Great Value. It's Great the Walmart, Walmart, Walmart brand, brand stuff. Okay. Oh, it's unbelievably <laughs> cheap. You can get like a pack of pasta for like 30 cents. I don't know how they make money on it. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> But um, yeah, I. It's Walmart. It's a, <laughs> that's, that's why they're making money. <laughs> Where shopping's a pleasure. Oh, it's Publix. That's <laughs> not the right one. Low, it's low okay. Prices, whatever. Uh, what is Walmart's thing? They have a thing. It doesn't Every, matter. Everyday America. Uh, I don't know. Everyday, everyday low prices. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the, I, my finances are. If I need to spend money on something, I will. If I don't, I won't. So, but we talked about it before, me and John. I will not spend money on things that other people will. I won't go out and drink as much. I'll go out and dance with people, but I'll just do it sober. So I save 30 bucks that people are spending on money on drinks. And then once I save all that money, I have things to do, like fly to Spain and live there for five weeks or so. Do different big things like that. Did you do that or was that a hypothetical example? Oh, I did, Brendan. Uh, I did. Uh, that was like I was kind of saying before. Oh, that's a big thing to launch into, but... Very briefly, I saved up money for as long as I could because I had this dream, dreams, of uh, <laughs> of going to Spain and doing what's called the Camino de Santiago. Uh, I kept saying for so long, one day I'm going to do this. And I'm not the kind of guy that says one day I'm going to do it and then not do it. So I had to do it. Uh, and I just got back from it like two or three days ago. And it was absolutely amazing. I spent about five weeks there. I walked about 900 kilometers across the country of Spain from southern France to the coast um, which is like 600 miles or somewhere around there. Um, and I learned so much about myself and people and the world and everything. And it was amazing. And if I had not taken that jump and if I had just kept saying one day, maybe I'll do it in one year. I don't think I would have done it for another couple of years, but because I did it right now, I, I, it was a perfect time to do it. So yeah, it was not hypothetical. I really did go to Spain and I was able to do that because I don't really spend money on things. And you were not making a ridiculous amount of money no. doing wilderness therapy like heavens though no. so you just saved up by basically choosing to abstain from some things still having fun yeah but just not using the money in the way kind of everyone else was using it yeah. saving it and then putting it into something you really cared about exactly so i Amazing. i'll make like bigger investments like i got my season pass for snowboarding like way early so i saved like a couple hundred dollars doing that uh and like people are going out every weekend sometimes several times a week going out and drinking it doesn't have to be to, drinking. It should be like going to eat out and get food too. Like, exactly, yeah. Cooking at home is amazing. Yeah, man, I'll make an omelet. I'm eating like a king at my house in my underwear or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm saving money by doing that little by little over time. And then I went to Spain. <laughs> that was the end of that oh, statement. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, John, what about your lifestyle? Oh, geez, this is kind of tough. So first off, serving is a flipped up world. Like Much like Z has a flipped up world of like eight days on, six days off. I have a flipped up world of 
my off time is in the morning and my actual work time is at night. So one of the biggest adjustments, and also I work on the weekends and then I'm off during the week. I'm usually off on Tuesday and Wednesday and then I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I think that one of the biggest sacrifices that I had to make to do that was honestly some kind of, some of my friendships with people that I was kind of fringe friends with. Um, I think that, I guess this kind of goes with this, but the idea of, man, I have like this core group of friends of like maybe six, seven, eight people that I can really rely on. And there's these people that are outside of that that I don't spend a ton of time with, but I just kind of hang out with them. And I think I kind of had to sacrifice those friendships because most people in the world are off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that's when they hang out. And I had to go to work. And so I kind of had a, I kind of lost those friendships and had to reintroduce these new friendships with the people that I actually worked with. And so I think that one of the things that I was shocked about is I actually became really good friends with some of the people that I worked with. And I think that I had this preconceived notion that when I walked into work, I was like, oh, this person, this person, this person, they make, they made bad decisions. I don't do this. I may, I may make bad decisions, but I don't make the same decisions as them. So I wouldn't actually be friends with them and how wrong I was. I'd say that there's two people that I work with right now that I would say are two of my best friends in the entire world. And man, are we so different, but I've begun to, I found myself hanging out with people that I never thought I'd hang out with, um, inside of work, which is super cool. And also, I think that one of the coolest things about the last year of having off time in the morning, also no one's, most people are doing, have work scheduled from, I don't know, nine until three o'clock in the afternoon. And so that gave me a lot of margin time in my life. And that's something that I never thought about for 23 years of my life was my, my whole mindset was if John, if you're doing good in life, you're doing something every moment of the day. And I realized, wow, if I just not booking my whole day is actually awesome. Spending time with myself is an okay thing to do. Spending time with myself thinking is an okay thing to do. Spending, writing, like journaling, writing things down, getting my thoughts straight. Why do I want to do what I want to do? Why am I serving? Why do I want to be a doctor one day? I never really thought about those things in my life until I had time to actually think about them. Um, so this idea of margin was something super huge that I picked up in this last year and is 100% going to stay with me for the rest of my life. So what we just spoke about is basically what do you actually do? You said you camp with kids, you're on eight days off, six days. You said you've got a weird schedule, your waiting tables, you're journaling when you're not mm -hmm. on, amazing things like that. And both of those kind of lead into this idea of why and purpose. Mm. And as John knows, purpose is very important to me. Uh, my purpose with music is I want to see people live their dreams. And that's why I have this podcast. What was y'all's why? What is y'all's why? And how do you exhibit that through your respective jobs? Whew. That's a really good question. That is a good question. Dang. Obviously, this like ties into what I am, my faith and what I believe. But I think that what I learned over the last year is what I'm super passionate about is loving people who either A, aren't loved at all or don't think they're deserving of love hmm. um, or, or like are underappreciated kind of. And I think that my why for serving was like, oh, I want to go serve people. Like I want to go serve the guests that walk into Texas Roadhouse. And I found out that my heartbeat was actually for the people that I worked with, not the people that I actually served at a table. Hmm. And that man, the people that I interact with and way more people, more than just people at Texas Roadhouse, but man, there's so many people that I interact with on a daily that aren't really loved and just getting the opportunity to man, speak truth into their life and 
hey, I'm just sitting next to you ringing in an order and I ask you how your day is, there's some people that never get asked how their day was. And you'd be so shocked if you ask someone how their day was, what they're willing to tell you if they never get asked that. And I think that just learning how that works was unbelievable. And I guess it's like the why I want to keep what I do and I'm want to do for the rest of my life is, is hopefully be a doctor one day is, man, uh, my idea of living in the United States and like doing surgery is like not kind of what I want to do. I want to go be a part of a community somewhere where I can serve and help people that don't get that opportunity. And I think that working at Texas Roadhouse has helped me kind of, I don't know, wrap up that vision of why do I want to do what I want to do. Man, I want to go love this person who feels unloved. And when they actually, when they receive love, when they feel unloved, it empowers them to go love people that don't feel like they're loved. It's kind of like this chain effect of love. And it sounds like super cliche, but I really, I'm like a firm believer that it's true. Mm. So I guess that's kind of why I did what I did. Uh, My why for why I did what I did, I did it for a, a lot of reasons. But one of the main ones is, I'm a firm believer in the famous quote by a, a, a singer-songwriter of our generation, Kelly Clarkson. Not you. Don't smile. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Brendan. Not yet. Not yet. Kelly Clarkson famously said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And like, it's... <laughs> I, know, I know. It's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so true. Whenever I go out and like challenge myself to do something, I keep saying it, but I love kicking my own ass. Why do you go to the gym? You go to kick your own ass. Why do people run marathons, do Ironmans? To kick their own ass, right? They want to like challenge themselves. And then when you're on the backside of that, you can look back at that and live life so much more confidently saying, look at that thing that I just did. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. So when I go in and I'm doing this job, I mean, I'm serving others and doing it. I'm showing them love. You know, I feel like I, I love people well. That's something that's been given to me in my life. And I love loving other people. ELE, Jackie Moon. But uh, I, I just, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I weren't spending time seeking out people that needed love to love them. So I'm doing a job that serves other people, giving me that an avenue to love people well in, but I'm also doing it in a way that is as hard as possible. So now being on the backside of nine, 10 months of working in wilderness therapy, I can look back at that and say, oh my gosh, I slept in negative 10 degree weather. I have permanent nerve damage in my toes because of how cold it was. True story, actually, I do. Um, I had a student try to stab me one time with a sharpened stick. If those things happen, when I'm faced with anything in my life coming at me now in the future, no, it's small taters to me, you know what I mean? It's small taters. Small taters. It's nothing compared to an adolescent trying to stab you with a sharpened stick. <laughs> he was close. While your toes are frostbitten. I can't, uh-huh. I can't feel that. That's crazy. He's touching his big toe. I'm t- yeah, thank you. In case you're wondering. Yeah, we need the imagery. Yeah. <laughs> All right, transitioning out here. Um, again, shout out to Kyle Larson for the invention of life hacks. So this is the segment where I ask our beautiful and wonderful guests. He said we're beautiful and wonderful. That's Did you so hear that? Yeah. For their life hacks. So right off, we're going to rattle these off rapid fire. One life hack you have in general. Go. All right. I'm a road tripper myself. Uh, every single morning on a road trip, hotels everywhere are offering free breakfast to their guests. With enough confidence, you walk in the front door and just start grabbing stuff for breakfast. No one will stop you. If you're good enough, you can take some apples and oranges and bananas. That's lunch too. 
Breakfast and lunch taken care of on your road trips. That is so smart. Thank you. No one's thought of it. I'm an innovator. Thank you. Well, I wish I could follow that up with something really, really cool, but I don't have anything <laughs> as cool as that. Uh, so, honestly, I wish I had something as cool as Z's life hack. This is what I'm going to go with is, on my phone, I have this, I think it's called Volport, but it's like, it's a magnet on the back and a magnet that goes on my dash. And instead of my phone floating around in my car all the time, I always know where it, where it is. It's always magnet, it's like magnetized to my dash. And so I can always like flip through songs on Spotify when I'm listening to on my phone or on my, through my car. So works pretty nicely. Is it a bulky thing that goes on the back of your phone, John? No, it's about, it's about the size of a credit card and it sticks to the back of my phone. Fantastic. When you're, when you're, uh, Flipping through your songs on Spotify, I'm sure you are supporting all of your favorite artists by adding them to playlists because that's very important for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually uh, uh, I do that plug. all the time. Yeah. Subtle plug. Um, okay. App everybody needs to use. Places I've pooped. What is that? It's the best app ever. It's a social media platform. Whenever you poop anywhere in the world, you drop a pin, leave a little tweet, and you can see where your friends have pooped and what they said about it. No way. That's I can amazing. show you after the podcast. I'm killing it right now. That's amazing. We'll have Matt on the story for that. I was going to say star chart. So basically what it is, is anywhere in the world, you open up this phone and it says you're in the night sky, you're looking up in the night sky and you're like, oh, I wonder what star that is. I wonder if there's any constellations around. Man, flip your phone open and bang, you point it up into the sky and it'll show you exactly where the constellations are. Album that's been blowing your mind. Vices and Virtues, Panic of the Disco. I, I, I'll go with Taylor Swift. I think my favorite Taylor Swift album is uh, Speak Now. That is one of the, that's one of the really good ones. They're all really good. They're all really good, that's but I'll go with Speak Now, yeah. They're all amazing. For those that think they don't have time for an album, which we all really do, single that everyone needs to listen to. Okay, my favorite song right now literally just came out, Thomas Rhett's Don't Stop Driving. It's one of my favorite songs right now. Ooh, the song Miami by Parrotfish is a very good song. Awesome. I've never heard that. <laughs> never heard of that person. <laughs> I'm you, look it up. It's a good one. Can't wait to listen to the Parrotfish. Non-self-help book that everyone needs to read. Yeah. Michael Crichton, The Andromeda Strain. Love it. It's kind of a cliche, but I've been reading The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Great book. Great book. Great read. All right. Last thing. To your friend, whoever that may be, standing on the precipice of going after something that terrifies them and that might not make sense to a lot of people, what would be your parting word of encouragement? I got mine. Take the first step. Do whatever it is. If you've been thinking about writing a book for a while, write the first page of it. If you want to go run a marathon, Run two miles, see what it feels like. You don't need to go after it all at one time. It's terrifying to look down the barrel of an entire dream. Take one step and see how it feels. If you hate it, bail on it. If you love it, chase the frick out of that dream. I would say you're probably going to fail, and that's probably a good thing in some capacity. And this is so funny because when I, I actually train servers at Texas Roadhouse, and one of the things I always tell them is I, I say, you're going to mess up, and that's going to be okay. And so the fear of messing up, that's got to get out. That's got to be gone out of your mind because you're going to mess up in some capacity and that's okay and you learn from that. And everyone's going to mess up in that capacity. So I would say don't be afraid to mess up because it's going to happen. And knowing that it's going to happen actually gives you confidence to walk and go for it. It's how you bounce back from the mess up that matters. Amazing. Man, mm. 
This has been a blast for me. I know it's been fun for you guys as well. Hope it's been fun for uh, you that's listening. Um, I've enjoyed this significantly. Yeah, man, this is the longest I've ever looked into Babs' eyes. I'm really enjoying this. They're nice eyes. Good eyes. Yeah. Match your shirt. Um, man, three things that blew my mind that you guys said that I think could be great takeaways as well in addition to those last two party advices. Love people, kick your own ass, and screw someday. Make it today. Woohoo! What a fun conversation filled with countless nuggets of wisdom that can encourage us to go do something that we've always dreamed of doing. If you want to keep up with John and Matt, I encourage you to do that by following John on Instagram at Jadent007 and Matt at Lax Longhorn, which he'll have to explain the meaning of that. I'm not really sure. As for the burrito challenge, follow them at burrito challenge or go to theburritochallenge.com and don't forget to register for the event on august 3rd with the promo code dream five dollars off woohoo and if you have anyone that you think would be an amazing fit for the live my dream podcast please do not hesitate to reach out through the connect tab on my website and if you want to just sit down and chat with me there's nothing i would love more than to do exactly that I hope that you are leaving this episode of the Live My Dream podcast with a little bit more joy, a smile on your face, and fired up to go do something that makes you come alive. And I hope you'll tune in to the next episode of the Live My Dream podcast when I give you an inside look into my dream and what my life is looking like from day to day, as well as giving you a step-by-step process on exactly how I wrote Story I Can't Write, The Rat Race, in Adelaide. In the meantime, make someday today and live your dream. This episode of the Live My Dream podcast is edited and produced by Brendan Abernathy. All music that appears in the podcast are Brendan's own original works, which can be found on all digital music platforms under the artist name Brendan Abernathy. The theme song of the Live My Dream podcast is The Rat Race, and the other two songs that appeared in this episode are actually unreleased tunes, Three Blocks Down the Road and Fruit Loops, which will be available in the coming months. If you would like to follow along with Brendan's journey, please do so at babernathy.com by subscribing to his email community and checking out everything on that website. It is a treasure chest of awesome things. If you have made it this far, I have a gift for you. A, a reminder that the promo code DREAM on thebritochallenge.com will give you $5 off. And B, some insider knowledge. The next song I will be releasing is called Five Foot Nine.